0: What a privilege again to come to you today. And uh, today is a blessed day. This is a very special day again that the Lord has accorded us to be able to have a teaching, a study that is going to help the church whosoever will listen, um, to to polish the church. You you know, we live in such a time when it's going to be absolutely very critical that uh, the Christian believer the Christian, the Christ follower, the born-again person, this is now going to be a critical moment for you to be able to ensure that your salvation is well-polished, that you are in right standing with the Lord, and you know all the things you ought to know. I want to look at the continuing conversation we had last week when we talked about walking the narrow way The Lord Jesus, He submitted a thesis, He submitted a doctrine, He deposited a doctrine to the church, and a command, and that doctrine became the instruction to the church, and in that instruction, the Lord commanded the church, world over, to walk the narrow way. So most of last week, The few days at which we managed to have this conversation, we spoke about some very important aspects of walking the narrow way. And we asked the question what does it mean that Christ Jesus the Messiah commanded the church to walk the narrow way? In other words, what does it take? What are the features of the church? That is walking the narrow way, and I want to continue that conversation, beloved people, by looking at some very important scriptures here and giving it a greater look. Uh, what does it mean to walk the narrow way? So today I want to begin with the lead scripture, and now uh, lead scripture I'm reading from King James today on purpose. I have four versions here in the Comparative Study Bible. But today I purposefully read from King James. So our lead scripture, the book of Matthew, chapter seven, again, verses thirteen and fourteen. So Matthew chapter seven. In this dispensation, when the prophecy on the collision of the two neutron stars has taken place, in this dispensation at this hour. When the tossing of the sea on the Lord sent me to command the ocean to come out in the Caribbean, and you saw what that did all the way through the United States, then the prophecy of the United States of America, on Florida, on Jesus' Christ. At this time, when a dead decomposing corpse, cops, a dead body, now we know she is called Samarosa, gaining weight. thief. eternity, the eternal life. So, that is the covenant he brought. And then now, he grafted covenant between himself, Christ the Messiah, and the church. And so that those that have a covenant with Christ, by extension now, Christ's relationship with the Father, Christ's link, the link between Jesus and God the Father, that covenant of eternity, is now extended to church. So the church thereof for now, through the extension, through the covenant of grace, is able to enjoy eternity. That is the structure, that is the blueprint, that is the paradigm of the redemption of fallen man. That is pretty obvious today to all people, beloved people. And so, when Christ Messiah, the author and finisher of our faith, the one that died for the church, the one whose church his church, the church of Christ, whose church is on the earth here, when he brought that covenant of grace, then he deposited for this feast here. This is, this is he presented. He made an application before them, and this is what he meant. When he said, "Enter ye in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way." That leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Verse 14 says, "Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it." So you have to even find it. So what did the Lord mean when He spoke to His church? He died for the church. Resurrected for the church. What did he mean when he instructed the church? He gave this command that enter ye in at the straight gate. In other words, enter through the narrow gate. And then he talked about the narrow way. And so, I want you to understand, beloved people, that this becomes one of the most important teachings that the Lord Jesus ever gave to mankind, again, this becomes the principal teaching, the cardinal teaching that the Messiah ever gave to the church. And you can see very clearly that in this teaching, he is actually directing himself to the church. He's actually addressing the church. And I want to move a little faster because uh, I have so much for you within these one and a half hours to go. And so, uh, it it became so important. Why is this the most important doctrine he laid before the church? It is so important because this became the yardstick. This presentation here, this decree, this command, this instruction the Messiah gave, literally became the yardstick. It became the principal yardstick that separates them human race into two. Into two groups that separates the entire universe. You are aware that the entire universe is under the jurisdiction of the Messiah and of the Father. You remember recently when the 10 year old prophecy when he sent me to shake the entire universe and all the trillions of galaxies. So the entire universe is being addressed here, beloved people. And the church that we have on the earth. So, this teaching became so critical in the life of the Christian. Why? Because this is the teaching that lays out the yardstick, defines the yardstick for entry into heaven. In other words, you get from this teaching a yardstick for separating the entire human race into two, two groups. God's who will go into the kingdom of God into heaven and those who will go to hell. This is how important this teaching stands within the paradigm of scripture and the prophetic timeline of the Bible. That this teaching at this hour, especially before the Messiah comes, becomes so critical in the life of the believer that they may be in the know, that they may know some of the yardsticks that heaven will use, that the Lord will use on that day when He comes. This teaching, the TCC He deposited in Matthew chapter 7, 13 to 14, is so critical because even the dead will be weighed on this yardstick. Even those dead, those who have fled, the Bible calls them as sick. This is the yardstick that will be used to measure them To see where at they spend their eternity whether in heaven or in hell and that's just how critical this teaching is it also it applies to the dead and applies to the living it is an enormous teaching beloved people it's a tremendous teaching and so we see that the lord jesus commands the church he goes ahead then and commands his church to submit to this thesis, to this teaching here, to submit, to fully submit to this. And as he does so, therefore you see that the entire narrative is directed to the church, directed to those that are born and those that are Christian, Christ followers. And as I've read, when you read again, one more time, Matthew chapter 7, 13, Jesus allow me to (laughs) Apple. <laughs> God, and in this piece he's he, he addressing himself to the church and showing how or sure. used by the Lord to understand Today's modern prosperity churches, you know what they teach. They are teaching that the way to heaven is easy. They are full in Nairobi, Kisumu, Pega, La everywhere. You can enter and hear them. You just sit in there for five minutes and you hear the narrative. A complete departure from what the Lord told, beloved people. He told that salvation would require adherence certain threats, because it's black a it's of God. The present day church is teaching an easy salvation, a cheap grace that has no cost, that is amusable, beloved people, they put it almost in that form. They teach today that all you need is to be saved and believe in Jesus, then you enter heaven. And yet we now see that the Lord Jesus himself he teaches the contrary. the Lord is teaching the contrary to what they are saying they are saying all you need is to be saved and believe Jesus and you go to heaven and yet you and I know that this is what the Lord told Matthew chapter 24 verse 36 this is now what the Lord told that is a complete departure from what the present day pastors teach, and I will explain to you why they teach so, and I will also come in my objective today to come to a place where I also explain to you how then, how come then there are people walking the broad road, with all this information at our disposal. So Matthew chapter 24, we are now looking at what Jesus told, which is a complete departure, From what the present day church is teaching, all you need is to be saved, believe Jesus, and you'll enter heaven. And the Lord says in this thesis of Matthew chapter 7, 14, that that is not true. There are certain things, there is a certain part of self-denial that must come to you if you are the beholder of this expensive salvation that cost him the ultimate price. Matthew twenty four, I'm reading thirty six on. He says, "No one knows about that day or hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father." Verse thirty seven. He says, "As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be at the coming of the Messiah, at the coming of the Son of Man." For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage up to the day no one... that you're going to take faith and believe in jesus and enter heaven only that he said no there is work he's talking about work he's talking about felipe that's number one. You have to receive it fast. the difference between what Jesus taught and what mankind is teaching today in the churches on the Christian so-called Christian TV, in the churches you see today here. They are teaching that it will be easy, many people will be there. And yet Jesus is teaching here very clearly in the book of Matthew chapter 7, in this thesis on the the straight and wide gate. He says, verse 14, because Change is the gate, and narrow is the way which leads unto life, and few there be that find it. Hey, yes. He's saying the salvation is brought because of the requirement it would levy on you that listen to me. The Christian believers, it will be unpopular. Only few will be walking on the road that leads to heaven in this day. How powerful! In other words, the Lord was saying he would contradict, because remember you can see, he would contradict the present-day church in their teaching, in its rank and file. In other words, today's modern churches, beloved people, as you know them, the churches of prosperity, loses and work, to live counsel on the earth. They believe that the majority of people will go to heaven. Why do I say so? Because they deeply believe that once you believe in God, that's it, you'll enter. That is not true. We are now seeing that there is self-denial that is required of us. That when you walk the straight gate, the only route that is direct that enters heaven, and I talked about it in a very beautiful time when I said it is direct, the reliable route, the one that is reliable to enter heaven, He says on that route, there are going to be some difficulties. It is not going to be easy to see heaven except that you obey the rules of that state. Whether you are a big vessel passing through the strait or you are a believer today passing through the strait to be delivered across connecting one path to another. Connecting the earth to the kingdom of heaven beloved. And you see very clearly let us look at the signpost for example. I want to look at the sign. Because I've taught it for many years. I've talked it in this church. I've talked it on this radio. I've taught it several. I've said that when you are going to Nakuru from Nairobi, you have to enter the Nakuru Highway. When you are driving from Oklahoma to Texas and going through Lotton, probably, yeah, you have to go through I-35 South, Interstate Highway. When you are going from Kericho, to enter, it, you have to enter the Eldred Highway. When you are going to Sika, you have to enter the Sika Super Highway. And I say, it, the signposts are very clear on the road. They navigate you. And the church, too, right now is on a journey to the kingdom of God, to heaven. And so, I have talked severally on Isaiah 35, verse 8 tonight the highway of holiness. Isaiah 35, beloved people. 8 to 9, most of you are probably familiar with it. And I'm bringing NIV here, so I said so, I have four versions, but I'll now on NIV real quick for, for your quick comprehension. Now it says here, Isaiah 35 verse 8 to 9, it says and the highway will be there, that is it shall be there, but here it says, and the highway shall be there, and the highway will be there, it will be called the way of holiness. I could have read King James, but I want you to comprehend very well. Again, and the highway will be there. It will be called the way of holiness. The unclean will be shown on it, it will be for those who walk in that way. Wicked fools will not go about on it. No lion will be there, nor will any ferocious beast go about on it, and go on and on. So he's talking about a highway that will be there. And we saw that when you live 35 from before, then you see how the Messiah would come and the significance of this highway. And now you see that if you I kept saying that if you're going to journey on this highway, you have to find the beloved people and get on it and climb on it. You have to find how to enter it. And so you must have to see the signpost that you don't get lost, the Tika the Highway. The Kericho, the Kisi Road, Haimani Road, for those in Kenya. El Tigre, Vascular Road, Tampere Road, Tampere Highway. I remember going on that highway, to Tampere. It's all well map, You see, and they say how many kilometers from El think to Tampere. So you just follow it, you can only end up in Tampere. And he says, in Isaiah 35, that, is that this highway is called its name on the sign. For example, the sign was on, the, on the highway for people to get on board the the holiness way or the highway to holiness. You can only reach holiness, the holiness of God, when you follow this highway. It can only bring you to heaven, one destination. It can only bring you to God Almighty. How about the straight way, beloved people? What would the signpost be on the straight way if the signpost on the highway of holiness is actually holiness? To holiness can only lead you to greater holiness and to the holy of holies and to the holy one of israel no. so now we have an answer of how to get to heaven beloved people how about in the, the position here the deposition in Matthew chapter 7 13 to 14 when the lord says enter ye in the faith gate and well, let He say You may be able to look at the future, the identity of your Christianity and use it as a mirror to bring amends and reformation to your life. And that January 15th, you remember that tremendous vision when he showed me the church that finally wears the garment, and I described the garment, and they go a little left, and then they turn right, and then the cloud, the big cloud, which is almost half the size of the of or more, open and then the glorious steps appear, they set their feet on, and they enter. These are the people the Lord is describing here the faithful church, the church that has been faithful. The church that has been obedient to his the straight way. He said they would walk the straight way. Now look at what happens as you walk the straight way. Exodus 33, verses 13 to 16. Maybe we start 15. Many times you pay a lot of money to go to conferences out there, big conferences, the who's who? but they fail to give you. And you pay seed, what? All these things happening out there. He said they are preaching another gospel. <laughs> because the gospel he gave, he said, there would be difficulty. There is a straight gate, a narrow gate that the church that he has come to deliver would have to enter. And when they enter there, when you enter there, you find that only few will find it and walk there. So Exodus 15 on beloved people. He says, Then Moses said to him. If your presence does not go with us, do not send us out from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish me and your people from all the other people on the face of the earth? This is a very powerful statement, a powerful scripture, beloved people, for those that walk the straight way. Now you are beginning to understand very slowly that when you walk the straight way, however lonely, the only reason the present-day Christians fear and don't like to walk the straight way, the narrow way, the narrow salvation of the Lord, is they fear loneliness. I will remain alone. When I wear the long skirt and stop exposing my body and wear the long jacket. And I wore the, I cover my chest well, and consider my body, as the Bible says, the Holy Temple, of the Holy Spirit, some of my friends will leave me. So they fear loneliness. But he's saying, don't worry. The Lord will be with you. In this way, we saw that the cloud of God came and walked with Israel. God himself comes and walks with you, beloved people. And he comes to help you. Exodus 29, for example, again another scripture. Before we go to other Exodus 29, beloved, same thing. Verses 42 to 44. Exodus 29, 42-44. I read it now. It says the following: For the generation to come, this burnt offering is to be made regularly at the entrance of the tent before the Lord. Then I will meet you and speak to you. I will meet you and speak to you there. There also I will meet you with the Israelites. And that place I will consecrate by my glory. And he said, So I will consecrate the tent of meeting and the altar and will consecrate Aaron and his sons and all those that serve him. This is powerful because in it now promises them. That he himself will be available to be with them, to give them company, much greater company than seven billion people. The company of God Almighty himself, guiding you, loving you, providing for you, healing you, protecting you, directing you, creating you, you, destroying your enemies, fighting for you. How I see beloved people. And he says now, Ezekiel Chapter ten, verse four. the people, this is what he says. Then the glory of the Lord rose from above, above the cherubim, and moved to the threshold of the temple. The cloud filled the temple, and the court was full of radiance of the glory of the Lord Jehovah. Jehovah Elohim. I myself will be with you. On that narrow road. But when you now look, because I'm defining to you some little details now on how it trickles down to your daily Christian life as a present day Christian believer, born again person. Second Corinthians chapter six, verses forty to eighteen. Now you begin to see those that walk the straight way. Second Corinthians, it says chapter Six Matthew 14 to 18 he says, What fellowship is there between a believer and an unbeliever? Very powerful. It means a separated church. I told you very clearly that when the Lord says, Enter ye in at the straight gate, he essentially separated out his church that enters heaven from the other church. It was a command on separation. That thesis is big on separation as we thought. And you see it again displaying itself here. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers, for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? In other words, he says that the reason he separated his church into the narrow way is because. The way